Important day, I think, to do some reading on this. It's World AIDS Day today. This has been designated every year since 1988. And we just, um, in our What Happened When segment, we could look at things that happened. And last week was the anniversary of Freddie Mercury's passing. And that was a big thing. That was a massive thing. He announced he was uh, sick with HIV and AIDS. The next day he passed away. There was the big tribute concert in 1992. But that's that's 30 years ago. And Magic Johnson's appearance on Arsenio show um, to talk about his AIDS. HIV diagnosis for everyone in my generation, anyone born in the in the 70s, kind of 80s kids, as we call it. We grew up with this. And just as to be honest, let's let's not blush about this. As many of us became sexually active, this was on our minds. And we're like, oh, great. Something else to worry about. Like, there's not enough to worry about. But it was on our minds. And um, and there was a stigma to it. And do some reading on this today. AIDS has killed between 30 and 42 million people worldwide. And it's still a massive, massive problem in third world countries, specifically African countries. So important to talk about, given we've been talking about the African countries and their response to this new Omicron variant. Um, very honored, uh, always am, to bring on Dr. Isaac Bogosh, you've you've talked a lot about HIV. You and I have had our own discussions about HIV. It's remarkable how um, how we moved. And, and I see echoes of, you know, unfortunately, for better or worse, usually worse, some of the coverage of COVID, some of the coverage really in the last few days that reminded me of the AIDS panic and alarm. Don't shake hands. You could get it from a toilet seat. All these ridiculous concepts and myths that stigmatize the disease early days for people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really glad we're chatting about this today. Not only that, look who gets the short end of the stick time and time again. It's Africa, and in particular, it's Southern Africa. They obviously were decimated with HIV with very limited support for the longest time. Now they've, you know, they've got they've got great scientists. I mean, we like to think of them as oh, helpless. Give me a break. They've got some fantastic scientists, some fantastic healthcare leaders. They isolated the Omicron variant, and what's the response? punitive. Oh, we're going to ban travel to you. Never mind that it's all over the world. Never mind that there's community transmission outside of Southern Africa. The response is to ban travel to Africa and isolate people who have done their due diligence and done their duty to share this information with the world. And to, you know, we wouldn't be having Omicron discussions if it weren't for this, if it weren't for these scientists. I mentioned World AIDS Day debuted on in 1988. You could, you know, retro uh, eyes yourself. We could play some crappy 80s songs to remind you what it's like to be in 1988 and get you some shoulder pads or something. But either way, when we remember back then, it's it was a lot more stigmatized than I mentioned in three years later, even when we talked about Magic Johnson and Freddie Mercury, the, the, you could barely get Western governments. That was eight years of Ronald Reagan. You could barely get Western governments to acknowledge um, the importance of it. We just we literally want to put people in the closet and keep them away from us who had it. Yeah, I mean, it's so awful. And, and I would say that now, even in Canada, there's still stigma toward HIV, and it's really unfortunate. And, you know, there's still tremendous global stigma, but it hasn't gone away here. If there's one thing that people listening should take home from this, I mean, there's lots to chat about, but one, I think Mm. one of the most important things is that if people are HIV positive and they go on medications, and remember, the medications are so good right now. We have people who are on one pill once a day. They will live a long, healthy, happy life completely normal life all they have to do is take one tablet per day and guess what they can't give hiv to anyone else they just take a tablet a day as long as their virus is suppressed with that tablet a day they won't give hiv to anyone else that means like condomless sex they won't give hiv Mm -hmm. to anyone else the risk is zero okay so like 
And, and they, they look the same, they act the same, they function the same. Like people still think that those with HIV, you know, there's some terrible misconceptions, you know, emaciated, terrible. No, you, if you have access to these medications, you have a long, healthy, happy, normal life. You're not giving HIV to anyone. You can fulfill your life dreams. You can have a family. You can do whatever you like. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. The real goal, hey, just like COVID-19, get the medications to everyone on earth. Get the medications. Yeah. The equitable access to medications. We hear that before. Equitable access to vaccines for COVID nineteen. Equitable access to medications for HIV. It's 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 uh, redux, right? It's just a different disease this time. And the oral pills and the cocktails yeah. saved yeah. lives from where it was at. Oh, I, oh, 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 big time, massively so. It, it's it's strange too because I remember I, I remember doing a commentary. I've I've always loved doing this as radio topics. I mentioned um, doing a documentary on it in journalism school, but I remember making somebody mad once when I said. HIV basically did stick to it did stick to um, you know intravenous drug users and uh, and the gay community and I didn't say that to stigmatize I said this is where our focus should be this is where our effort should be but it did not explode into the heterosexual population what did what did we I know the, the World Health Organization made some wildly outrageous predictions about who would have it who would get it Right. Why did it stay where it stayed? And and again, we we did everything we could to to as like COVID, take the fire hoses to where the fires are. Why didn't it explode into the heterosexual pot? How did we get that so wrong? Yeah, so a couple things. One is obviously we are having a value judgment free conversation. Yeah. People will do what they do, and as long as people acknowledge that, that's great. The second thing is we have to think about you know networks of transmission, right? There was certainly a higher prevalence in men who have sex with men and a higher prevalence in in people who inject drugs because those are like those were the risk factors mm-hmm. like those were the condomless sex in a group where you have higher uh, higher prevalence will result in a greater incidence of new infections. Now, let's let's also remind ourselves, too, that there are, um, you know, heterosexual individuals, including um uh, those of African descent uh, who are who are at greater risk. So like in Africa, for example, uh, and, in, and even in North America, there's still a lot of sexually transmitted HIV among heterosexual individuals. Um, and, and, you know, I think there's just different patterns and different uh, uh, smaller epidemics depending on where you are in the world. Now, again, we're lucky to live in a country where you there's no reason if anyone's HIV positive, you have access to medications. They're affordable. They're effective. You, there's no reason you have to pay to get these medications. Like we have truly transformed this here in Canada. The job isn't done. There's still lots to do from a stigma standpoint. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to do from a prevention standpoint. But I mean, we are eons ahead of where you know we were talking about in in the 80s and early 90s for sure. And I'm glad you said that. And I should clarify because I know better. It has basically stuck to the same. Uh, you know, danger groups, if you will, again, in a judgment free zone in North America, in Africa and uh, other places, that's been a massive problem. And and as well, men who have, to be honest, slept around and slept with a bunch of women unprotected. That's been part of the reason for its spread in some of these countries where women women don't have the same equitable treatment and, and respect that we have here. And we got to change a lot of that as well. Um, I, I've only got a couple minutes on COVID and you're probably like, yay. <laughs> but that said, that 
said, um, I've had more, I don't know about you, I don't know about our audience, I've had more, I feel like I've had more emotional ups and downs in the last six days than than in a long, long time about COVID. We were going to such a good place. We were vaccinating 5 to 11-year-olds. We were dropping the PCR test. People would get to travel. Christmas was coming. And and I feel better now today than I did yesterday at 4.30 with more travel bans of African countries, more nonsensical non-science-based restrictions. How are you with all this? So for for starters, it's not, you know, listen, so many of us are vaccinated. It's not like your protection from your vaccine is just going to evaporate overnight. It's not. You're still going to have some protection. The question is, you know, to what extent is there some erosion of that protection? But like those who are vaccinated are, you know, uh, there's wild speculation and informed speculation. This is informed speculation. Mm -hmm. Your vaccine is going to provide you with significant protection against illness and uh, hospitalization, death, etc. You know, we'll see to what extent this chips away at the protection, but it, it's not going to be 100 percent or anywhere close to that. The second thing is, listen, if the goal is to reduce the introduction of this variant into Canada, yeah, the measures that they announced will, will probably help slow it down. The question is, OK, so what do you do with that time? And the answer is, well, use that time wisely and start getting third doses in people who are 50 plus, start ramping up your sequencing, start ramping up your testing capacity in various places. You can use this time wisely. And then lastly, I totally agree with your point. Travel measures and travel restrictions to focused regions and to focused countries is performative. It doesn't do much at all. I mean, we know this virus is well beyond the borders of those countries that they listed and including community transmission in countries that aren't even listed. So like, enough of this already We're, we we can do better than that i got 20 seconds do you expect boosters to get ev- uh, expanded out to 18 plus or do you think it'll be more a set demographic my guess will be 50 plus in the coming week or weeks and then in 2022 we'll just gradually head down the the pole of age until we reach 18 at some point you're gonna get a lot of 45 year olds looking for fake id I'm just, I'm just <laughs> it's not it's not about getting it's not about buying stuff at the lcbo anymore this is in 1989 <laughs> For guys like you and me, we had, you had to get somebody older. Having some, knowing somebody with an older brother that looked nineteen was just the just a oh, gift that kept God, giving. Yeah. It really was. Total godsend. Uh, loved having you on. Thanks for our chat today. Uh, important stuff, especially the HIV stuff. I'm glad you spent oh, yeah. time with me on that. You well. Have a great day, Dr. Isaac Bogosh, our guest.